Welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We're back as the Badgers are just starting to wind down their fall camp and getting ready for the start of the 2018 season, which opens on uh, August 31st against uh, Western Kentucky. I'm joined once again by John McNamara, publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. I am John Beldheis, senior writer from BadgerBlitz.com. Um, I'm just going to take you through a couple things that have stood out to us uh, from the practices that we've seen. Um, Badgers are about to close down the, the media availability for uh, for fall camp. The final open practice is, is tonight, uh, Saturday night. I believe they're going to do um, some kind of a, a mock game or a scrimmage. Uh, so that will give us one more good look at the team um, before they kind of close things down. But, uh, John, why don't, we, why don't we just start with uh, a couple things that have stood out to us um, just from the the practices over the last couple weeks. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. What, what's something that surprised you? Um, compared to what you're expecting about uh, this uh, this Wisconsin offense as they uh, kind of move through fall camp so far, yeah, I, you know, offensively, I think things are pretty straightforward. Um, but the thing I think jumped out to me, at least going into fall camp, and what maybe what we know now is, um, you know, John Dietzen's transition from left guard to left tackle, and you know, John, you've been to more practice than I have. It, it sounds like. Um, you know, if healthy, if, if he kind of continues the way he's going right now, uh, he'll be the starter at left tackle uh, going into week one against Western Kentucky, I think. Uh, you know, at least for me, going into fall camp, I thought maybe Cole Van Lannan had a slight edge. Um, you know, Dietzen's name kind of surfaced as someone that they're going to throw in the mix there um, during the summer. And obviously that, that made a lot more sense once we found out that Patrick Castle was uh, was stepping away from the team to to focus on academics, but I think the biggest thing for me, at least on offense, is that uh, you know Dietzen's been healthy, um, and he's made a pretty good transition, I think, from left guard to left tackle. And like I said before, it looks like um, it, it, you know if he can can kind of carry this through for the next two weeks, he'll be Wisconsin's starter there. Yeah, I definitely kind of thought that Van Lannen was going to be the the first guy to get the shot at grabbing that job and in, in kind of the run up to fall camp. I mean. When uh, Dietzen missed all the spring, um, and you know, we we kind of found out that he was uh, recovering from um, you know some surgeries to repair. He was playing through all of last season with uh, with torn labrums in both of his hips, uh, which uh, to me sound sounded kind of impossible. I, I don't know how you could do that, um, you know, and, and play as much as he did. Um, but uh, you know, so when I heard that. Um, you know, Dietzen was going to be moved out to the edge. Obviously, you know, like you said, uh, his health is was going to be a big factor there. And it, but it, I guess it didn't come completely out of left field to me, just because I remember um, it, during a, a media availability with with Joe Rudolph, the uh, offensive line coach and, and offensive coordinator, when he was asked about that left tackle spot, he kind of mentioned Dietzen as a guy that it was going to get some some work there or he thought uh had the chance to to play out there and you know at the time i was i, I thought I, I wasn't sure you know what to think just because you know, Dietzen was never um you know someone that you kind of looked at and thought of him as uh, as an obvious tackle just because i mean if you if you have the athletic ability to to play out there at tackle usually it seems like you kind of start your career out there and then you, know, you kind of move your way inside um, as the uh, maybe the athleticism goes away or some younger guys come in. So I, I, it was just something that uh, kind of caught me off guard. But I, I do like the way that he's played and looked um, during the the reps that he's gotten there. And the Badgers, have, I think, have done a pretty good job of um, managing the reps that he's he's gotten out there. Just because with the health injury or the health issues that he had last year, they want to be you know, maybe a little extra cautious and. 
it also has the benefit of giving some more reps to Cole Van Landen. And I think the the end result is that the, the Badgers feel like they have two guys who are uh, very much capable of starting games for them at, at left tackle. And that's that's kind of the best of both worlds in that, you know, if Dietzen's healthy, I, I tend to think that he's uh, he's going to be the first guy out there just from um, – you know, how he's looked in camp and the experience that he has um, playing for UW already, playing at guard before. Um, but to have somebody like Van Lannan who has gotten, you know, a, a fair number of reps this fall and worked with the first team a lot and to feel like you have two guys who are worth starting there um, after, you know, going through what we thought would be a, a position battle. I don't know. It seems like a, that's a, I think that's the best case scenario for the Badgers right now. Yeah, and you know, you touched on it. Um, you know, I remember being at the media day before camp started, and uh, we sat down. We were talking to John Dietz, and he mentioned that he played with you know two torn labrums in both hips. And like you mentioned, AI, it just I'm not sure how you can grind out a year, um, you know, with those injuries. And then he, he's always had kind of issues with his with his ankles as well. Right. So it's you know, it's it's just nice for him. I, I would imagine to to go through a, a camp being relatively healthy. Um, you know, I, I remember covering his recruitment and watching him play in high school and, um, you know, just early on in his career, it's, it's never been an issue of him not, you know, having the talent. I, th- I think he's as talented probably as any lineman on that roster right now. And you, you talk to the guys on the team, they, they talk about how strong he is and how athletic he is. Um, it's just kind of a, been a matter of him staying healthy. And, um, you, you, know, you just kind of hope for him that he's able to kind of carry this through all fall because it, it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do if he's, if he's anywhere near 100% this year. Yeah. And it, I mean, you could see that if, you know, some kind of injury situation flares up again and you know, maybe he, uh, he has to kind of rotate a little bit, kind of like what he did last year where he would play, you know, half, half the game, you know, three quarters of the game and then kind of get uh, relieved by, um, by uh, Jason Erdman um, to kind of finish out the rest of that game. I mean, at the very least, you know, in having Van Landen back there, that there's somebody else who, you know, if if something were to happen injury wise, or if um, the the Badgers feel like they need to rotate a little bit just to preserve his health um, for the rest of the season, it uh, I think it bodes well for you know, just the the depth at that position, um, specifically just because that's such an important um, piece, the offensive line as a whole, to you know the 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 high expectations that I think people have for Wisconsin's offense this year. Um, and I guess the the other thing that has surprised me about the the offense through fall camp so far is, you know, not not necessarily that I wasn't expecting it, but um, just the, the how well the uh, the wide receivers have played, you know, when they've been out on the field. I mean, like that that's been something that I think people have been talking about ever since the the end of the Orange Bowl last year with you know. The, the Badgers bringing four, you know, it seems like really talented guys uh, back to that position. Um, you know, it was, it was such a narrative all throughout the offseason. And there were times where I, were, where I was wondering if that was something that could really uh, live up to the hype of, you know, we, we just haven't seen that from Wisconsin's offense before where they had, you know, not just, not just two or three, but four guys that you could roll out there and expect to, to kind of go out and make plays. But you know, all of them really, uh, you know, Quintez Cephas, Danny Davis, AJ Taylor, and Kendrick Pryor, all of them have looked good at different times during camp. And, you know, the, the guy who has stood out to me the most, you know, just compared to, you know, my, my pre-camp expectations has been Kendrick Pryor, who, you know, was kind of, you know, if you, if you had to do a ranking of one to four in terms of, you know, 
previous playing time or experience prior is probably number four on that list. And he's looked like, you know, somebody that could be a really uh, a big threat in that passing game. And so I think the, it, it just, to me, it kind of suggests that the hype around, you know, an improved Wisconsin passing game it, it is warranted. Now you, you also kind of have to fa- factor in that they're going up against, you know, a, a group of defensive backs that is, uh, is very young um, to say the least, but you just with the, the chemistry that they've shown with Alex Hornibrook and uh, the way that, you know, having a couple of different receiving threats um, kind of changes Wisconsin's offense or, you know, makes it more potent. Um, I think it's uh I think it's fair to say that I, I feel like the the Wisconsin passing game uh, has a very good chance of living up to the hype this year. Yeah, you, you stole a little bit of my thunder there. You know, with Pryor, uh, he's been the name that's been hot the last you know handful of practices, and um, like you talked about, I think going into camp, you know, P- Quintez Cephas was a guy that you know people were really excited to see come back from his injury last year, and you know, he's arguably the most talented guy there. Uh, Danny Davis coming off a huge true freshman season. Uh, AJ Taylor's a proven guy who's who's pretty solid and, and pretty versatile. Can do a number of things for you. But you know, Kendrick Pryor, um, you know, if, if he can give you that uh, another you know big time threat there, um, I, I think that's huge for Wisconsin. You know, you talked about the talent there. Um, you know, that they've yet to play a game yet, but you know, if if things kind of continue to progress like they have during fall camp, you know, this is. This is the the most talented group that they've had there, and I don't know the last twenty plus years. I you know since I've been covering the team, um, you know it, it kind of brings to the question. You could probably speak better to this. I I'm just curious what teams are going to do if Wisconsin can you know establish itself in the, in the passing game as well with those wide receivers because you know it, in in all the years past you know teams have been able to stack the box to get Wisconsin because they haven't had you know two or three dominant wide receivers on the field at the same time. I'm just curious how opposing defensive coordinators are going to go about this because, you know, with with this roster right now, if on offense, if, if they're healthy, you're not going to be able to stack the box because they, they have too many weapons at wide receiver and a quarterback who who has proven that, you know, he can make the right decision and, you know, I guess, quote unquote, manage the football game. I just I think there's too many weapons on offense. I'm really curious to see how defensive coordinators go about trying to stop that. Yeah, I, I really I don't envy them, honestly. It's because uh, <laughs> I mean, just from the, the vantage points that uh, I've had watching the, the practices this fall. I mean, you can you the the way that it kind of stuck out to me over the last couple practices as the Badgers have started to do more. Um, kind of uh, move the ball or um, 11 on 11, you know, kind of team drills where, you know, it's not just you're, you're doing the rep and then you go back to the same spot on the field, but you actually can kind of, you know, progress down the field and try and get down to the end zone. I mean, you look at a set where you have, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, uh, either behind Alex Hornibrook, um, you know, lined up at tailback or you know, off to his side. Uh, if, uh, if Hornibrook's in the shotgun, you have, um, someone like Kyle Penniston is, you know, split just right off the line uh, at tight end, and either you know Danny Davis or AJ Taylor, um, kind of over in the slot. And then you have you have you know kind of your two, I think your two best vertical threats right now are uh, Cephas and Pryor. Have one on either edge, and you kind of watch as they, you know, progress down the field. And I just I don't know that the Badgers have ever had um, an offense at least since since 2011 when when Russell Wilson was in town where, you know, you could conceivably, you know, see the Badgers being able to use 
all parts of that field, um, you know, to, to try and attack it. And it, I mean, it used to be that, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about. I mean, it, teams are going to try and stop the run and then they'll, they'll kind of live with the, uh, the, the passing game that the Badgers have had. And, and we kind of saw that last year, Wisconsin's passing game was pretty darn efficient. I mean, they were, they converted on, on a whole lot of third downs that I think they were one of the best teams in the country at converting on, you know, um, short and medium third downs, even through, even, you know, through the passing game. And I, I think if you, you know, kind of look at those stats a little closer, uh, I think the Badgers were even more efficient through the air last year than they were on the ground. Um, and you know, just to have that many threats, I mean, like it's, it's going to put a lot of pressure on defenses to, um, to kind of just pick their poison. And I don't know. I, I mean, you know, in, in the run up to camp, it's kind of like what I was talking about. I was kind of thinking, it's like, you know, maybe they, maybe defenses look at the offense and say, you know, if, if Danny Davis or, or Kendrick Pryor beat us, then, you know, we'll have to live with it. But Pryor has been, you know, lighting it up and going over the top and, uh, you know, kind of blowing the lid off of, uh, you know, his defensive coverage, just kind of run away from guys this camp. And so I just, I don't, I don't know uh, how you, how you go about doing it. And because, you know, normally in a situation like that, you would try and, you know, um, you, you would think that you would have to try and go after the quarterback a little bit more, but with such a verse, you know, with such an experienced offensive line, you know, out there protecting Alex Hornbrook, I mean, that's going to be a tough assignment too. So I, I just, um, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be very curious to see what the, uh, the, the first three, um, teams that the Badgers play in the non-conference um, do when they try and you know um, bottle that offense up, and I, I'm curious to see, you know, with with how much success the wide receivers have had, you know, this fall going against the the first team um, defensive backs. I, I'm I'm curious to see if they can kind of duplicate that uh, when they start playing another team too. Yeah, and I I think you hit it right on the head when you said pick your poison. Uh, you know, it, that's, I think that's, that's really what it's, it, what it's going to be. And again, if it, it kind of all hinges on Wisconsin being healthy, but you know, not, not to drag this out, you know, much longer, but you know, in the summer, yeah, I, I get excited for college football. I, I, I watch a lot of old Wisconsin games, you know, from three or four years ago. And you know, the, the passing game, if you look at, you know, how the passing game has just looked, uh, you know, it's it's Jared Aberderis, and you know, w- you, you just watch tape of of Joel Stave just kind of honing in on him, or or Alex Erickson. It it seems to be over the years, or you know, Nick Toon. Just you had just what you had one guy there who the quarterback really kind of honed in on, and uh, you know, all the things you talked about, John, with with the receivers that they'll have. You know, four proven Big Ten guys. I, I just think you're right when it when you say it's going to be pick your poison because this this is not going to be a year where you'll be able to sell it on the run so um again i'm i'm excited to see how that looks for the first couple games of the season yeah i, I think it it's um and, and prior i think is a guy that has been really motivated to kind of show that you know he's not the um he's not the afterthought in that group mm-hmm. um it, because, right. I, and i don't know if it's because you know he had his uh, he had a um an accident with his moped, I, I believe it was last fall, uh, where he um, he was practicing and he was playing well, um, but then he uh, wasn't able to practice for a little while, and it took him a while to kind of get back up to game speed. And then, you know, obviously with the injury to uh, to Cephas last year, he was able to get onto the field. And you know, he uh, he was one of those guys that got on the field and made some some big plays right away, whether it was through the air or um, you know uh, getting those balls on the the jet sweep or the the end around plays and uh, scoring. 
couple touchdowns that way. But I talked to him um, a couple days ago, and he's. I, th- I think the the thing that he was you know trying to impress to me is that he he feels like he has a lot of tools in his um, skill set that uh, you know he's kind of excited to be able to go out there and and and, uh, and show off. I mean, he I think the thing that I took away from that is that he feels like he's a much better um, you know uh, that he's a, a a better deep threat than people give him credit for, and that, I think that especially over the last couple of days is certainly something that has panned out. And, you know, when you already have Cephas, who, you know, has, um, you know, made a couple big plays down the field and I think is probably the best um, wide receiver on the team in terms of being able to go up and get a ball and kind of fight through um, some some tough coverage, uh, you know, whether it's against a safety or a corner or something like that. I mean, I think the other big thing with that group um, is that there's, there's a lot of different skill sets there. And I think they all, you know, kind of have a strength or two that kind of complements um, – the uh, the rest of the group, but we should probably move on and and uh, and um, talk a little bit more about another part of the offense that has has stood out. I'm curious if you have another another position group or something about the offense that has stood out to you um, since fall camp started. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said before, I think the offense is pretty straightforward. I think you know, going back to the offensive line, you know, the it was you know going into camp, it was maybe one of the deepest positions, but. Uh, you know, you have Caden Lyles slipping over to defense, uh, then Brett Connor and, and Patrick Castle both walking away from the team. So, um, you know, it sounds like uh, Joe Rudolph feels confident about eight guys, you know, the five projected starters along with uh, Cole Van Landon, Micah Kapoy, and and Jason Erdman. So, I um, mean, you, you probably have to be pretty healthy there, you know, if, if you got eight guys you feel confident about. Uh, tight ends a position that doesn't get talked out a, a bunch about because you know we you have the running backs you have the wide receivers this year in the offensive line uh, I thought Ken, you know Kyle Penniston has a big opportunity in front of him this season uh, you know Jake Ferguson's flash this fall is is a guy who can make you know plays in the in the receiving game so uh, a few other spots there but I think there's there's a lot more to talk about on defense where um, there, you know there's quite a few question marks specifically in the back end. Um, you know, one thing I think I found interesting was, um, and you could speak more to this, John, is Dante Carrier-Williams, um, you know, running with the second team. Um, and then, you know, Jim Leonard had some some comments to the media where he essentially said, you know, he's he's one guy that we know that can do it on Saturdays, but uh, we need more effort during the week, during fall camp. So, I, you know, I, I thought that was interesting at a position where, you know, you're looking at Carrier-Williams, you know, even though he's a redshirt sophomore, to, to kind of be a leader of that young group. Yeah, and that's um... – that's something that uh, has definitely stood out and kind of developed over the last couple of days or so. I mean, I think uh, the the Badgers moved Caesar Williams and uh, and Fayon Hicks back up to the first team. Um, I think it was early this week, so like uh, on uh, on Monday or Tuesday or something like that is kind of when that uh, kind of started. And at first, I didn't really make a whole lot of it just because the the Badgers have um, been doing so much uh, shuffling between. It, specifically at cornerback but also you know you maybe they they have like the second team um you know defensive line playing with the first team linebackers and like a third you know your third teamers at safety just because they want to get everybody you know kind of used to playing with each other and they're trying out different combinations and stuff and so at first I didn't really make a whole lot out of uh Carrier Williams um going down onto the the second team where he was kind of playing with um 
Dante Burton uh, on the other side of the field. And so I, I, I wasn't sure, but then you know, hearing from, from Jim Leonard on, I believe it was, uh, was Thursday. Um, it certainly seems like that was a move that was kind of designed to uh, kind of give Kerry Williams, you know, a little extra motivation to, um, I don't know, maybe go out and just show a little bit more consistency uh, during practices because he's, he's had days where he, um, you know, has made a whole lot of good plays and you know, he's, it's, it's weird to think that, you know, of, of all the cornerbacks the Badgers have been sorting through, it's weird to think that the one guy who's, you know, basically played a full season for them, you know, might not uh, end up starting um, their first game. Uh, and so I, I, to me, I, it feels more like something that's designed more of a, more as a motivational tool just to kind of um, get him a little more fired up at, and, you know, fend off uh, some, what I think are some strong challenges for, for these jobs from um, Cesar Williams and Fayon Hicks and, you know, Duran Harrell has played really well this fall too. Um, and so I guess at this point I'm, I'm kind of, I want to hold out on, you know, judging it fully until I see this last open practice tonight uh, on Saturday. But um, I, I, I would be surprised if Carrier Williams is, does not start the, the first game against Western Kentucky, but it's clear that there's a lot of competition at those spots. And I think, you know, more than anything, it's more of a, more of a move that was designed to be kind of a wake up call. Like, Hey, let's, uh, let's get going. You know, season's coming up here. You gotta, you gotta show us that you can, you know, play at a high level consistently because there's a lot of other talented guys that we can use here too. Yeah. And you know, I want to get your take. You mentioned two guys there um, in Caesar Williams and Deron Harrell. Uh, you know, they, they give you a bit more in terms of their length. Um, right. So, you know, you know, I think Wisconsin really hasn't, you know, obviously I think, Nick Nelson was the exception there. Obviously, he was an excellent cornerback there for you for one year. But, you know, I, just thinking back off the top of my head, you know, when you think of Wisconsin cornerbacks, guys like, you know, Scott Starks popping your head, Soldier and Shelton. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Caesar Williams and, and Harrell, you know, they're both legit six foot one guys, maybe even six foot two for Harrell. Um, you know, from, from your perspective, um, you know, how is it, has it been different to see those guys in the back end? I guess, uh, you know, what, what does their skill set bring to Wisconsin there with, in terms of their length and their size there at that cornerback position? I think it's, I think it's definitely a factor. Um, and it's kind of like the, um, the conversation we were having about the wide receivers in that they all kind of have different strengths. Um, and I think, uh, the, you know, specifically I want to focus on Caesar Williams because I think he's from from spring camp through fall, I think he's he's probably been one of the team's top two um, corners the most consistently or most consistently. And I think that because in in large part because of his size, I mean it, it's just it's easier to match up with somebody you know against uh, you know the likes of um, Quintez Cephas, who's who's a big dude and you know he uses his body well to you know kind of. Um, shield the uh the the defender from being able to make a play on the ball but you know it's it you, you don't want to think that uh, you know being uh two inches shorter makes a big difference but i think you know just being six foot or six one makes a huge difference because not only are you taller but you probably have a little bit of longer arms too you can kind of get in and jam your hands in a little bit more try and break up some passes that way and i think you know the size in particular is a big reason why i would if i had to make a bit a prediction right now i would say that uh, Caesar Williams is probably uh, would be the other guy that I am expecting to start. You know, probably opposite Carrier Williams, assuming that he responds to 
um, you know, the, the comments and the, the moves that uh, Jim Leonard has made over the last, um, last uh, couple of days or so. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't like tiny point guards, and I don't like tiny cornerbacks. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, what those guys can do there. Uh, you know, I think moving up, uh, you know, linebacker seems pretty well settled. Um, you know, yeah. a lot, a lot like John Dietzen, I think uh, Zach Bond's been in a similar boat in terms of injuries, um, and he's been healthy this fall camp, and uh, he looks like a guy that is pretty well set to start opposite Van Ginkle at outside linebacker. Uh, on the inside, you know, there's there's not a ton to worry about there with, with T.J. Edwards, even though he's been slowed a little bit by injuries uh, during fall camp and Ryan Conley and Chris Orr and then even some younger guys like, uh, you know, Mascalunas and, and Mason Stokey and uh, Griffin Grady. So, uh, not, you know, I don't think there's a lot to talk about there, but there is a lot to talk, to talk about on, on the defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with – Obviously, Alive Sangapolo in the middle, and you know he's a guy that I think that's going to play a lot for you this year and is in his final year. But you know, Caden Lyles, uh, you know, guy who was playing offensive guard at this time last year, it looks like he'll start at, at one end spot, and then uh, walk on Matt Henningsen, uh maybe at the other spot uh, with with Aaron Vopel behind him. Yeah, that's definitely. I think of the um, if you're if we're ranking like su- things that you're surprised by uh, th- on the defense through fall camp, I think the the rise of uh, Matt Henningsen is probably the top of my list. Um, I mean, I knew that uh, the the coaching staff liked the way that he finished out um, spring camp, uh, just because he, they felt like he was one of those guys that kind of took a jump. And you know, he, I was talking with him the other day, and uh, he he told me that you know he's he'd been planning on um, you know showing the coaching staff what he could do. You know, even you know at, at this time last year or uh, during the season while he was redshirt. I mean, he he told me he's like, well, I was able. You know, I looked at you know the guys in front of me. I knew there's going to be a lot of you know playing time up for grabs, and so he he spent a lot of time you know not only kind of working on his body, but um, you know learning the playbook and uh, you know becoming a you know more comfortable with just the defense overall to the point where you know when. Um, a guy like Garrett Rand uh, goes down with his his leg injury and is out for the season. And now you know Isaiah Loudermilk um, is going to miss. You know, well, I don't know about going to, but it certainly seems like he he will miss at least a, a game or two um, to uh, to start the season. And you know, all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of playing time. You know, even more so up for grabs. And Hankson, you know, with all the work that he put in um, during his redshirt season, I mean, he was just in a position to. To really kind of grab a hold of all the reps that you know were uh, available, and uh, you know, he's uh, he he's been running with the first team for it seems like a good week and a half, two weeks now, and uh, I don't I don't think that that's uh, going to change anytime soon. the The offensive line really seems to uh, respect the the jump that he has made over the last uh, um, even last couple of months or so, and uh, I think he's uh, in a good spot to uh, to kind of hold on to one of those starting jobs, which is not what I expected. I, I thought that. Uh, Aaron Vopel would be the guy to grab that spot just because he's another guy that had a good spring too. Um, but, you know, this just goes to so- show you that, you know, if you uh, prepare well, you know, during a, during a redshirt season, you know, you're an injury two away from, um, you know, being thrown into the mix. And so, you know, the Badgers like it when guys are ready for that. And uh, I think it's safe to say that Hankson was, uh, was definitely ready for his opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's obviously he's, he's coming in as a walk on and, you know, he's, I think the most surprising thing is he's playing so early as, as a redshirt freshman yeah. and not only playing, but being in the mix to, to be a starter, I think is pretty impressive. But, you know, it's not like a, he was a guy that, you know, his, 
his other scholarship was from Winona State or something. You know, he had, you know, I want to say 10-plus scholarship offers during his recruitment, you know, a lot of FCS schools. Um, I saw him play as a senior, and, you know, he's, he's a guy who went both ways from Menominee Falls. Uh, he was a very good offensive lineman. I think he could have easily played there at Wisconsin as well uh, had they wanted him to uh, to play there. So um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not shocked, but I, I guess I am surprised at how early he is in the mix. But at the, at the same time, John, you know, this is a position that is clearly wide open um, in – you know, to the point where they, you know, Cade Lyles is a guy who they brought over, and he's gonna he's gonna probably start. So, um, you you talk about a guy who's just taking advantage of the opportunity in front of him. That's certainly Matt Henningsen. Yeah, and I think that you know, in the in the long run too, and we, we can get to to uh, Lyles a little bit more in in a second here. But I mean, not only is it uh, you know an opportunity for um, for the short term, but it's it's an opportunity for the long term for Henningsen too, because. You know, Rand will Rand will be around uh, next year, but uh, you know if you can grab a hold of that spot, I mean it's uh, you know you, you'll have a full year to get better and to kind of entrench yourself, um, you know with that with that first team group. And uh, you know if you know as we kind of think that you know someone like Lyles were to uh, maybe move back to the offensive line next year when there's a when there's a spot open for him on the interior, whether it's at uh, one of the other guard spots or something like that. I mean, this is a chance, you know, for someone like Henningsen to uh, kind of stake a claim to one of those positions. And, you know, you, you, I mean, he, you, he very well could be um, in a place to, you know, start there for a couple of years if he keeps getting better. And so I think it's just, you know, it's a credit to, uh, to him for you know, recognizing that there was going to be an opportunity and not using that redshirt year, you know, as, or, or I should say, making sure you use that redshirt year to, to adequately prepare yourself for, uh, you know, the chance to get on the field. And I think, you know, you see that at other spots too. I mean, I think that's something that um, someone like Scott Nelson did at, uh, at safety too. I mean, he um, very well, you know, had the, had the redshirt, you know, the new redshirt rule um, that's come into play for this year, had that been in effect last year, I think he's very well uh, someone that could have helped the team last year by the, you know, the last four or five games or something like that. And so, you know, as long as you, you know, use your time effectively, I mean, it could really pay off in the long run. And I think, you know, Henningsen and guys like Scott Nelson are um, good examples of that. Yeah, and you know we could probably finish here with with Caden Lyles as, as you touched on, but uh, you know he's I, I don't want to be like you know I told you so, but yeah, when he came out of high school and obviously he was a great two way player. Um, he played in Arizona at a powerhouse school and then finished up at at uh, Middleton for his senior year. But I I thought that you know with with the way that Wisconsin can recruit offensive linemen. And the way that I don't want to say they've struggled to recruit defensive linemen because that's not true, but you know they're 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 a program that can recruit elite offensive linemen, and you know maybe they aren't as able to do the same thing on, on the defensive line. I thought he should have probably started there, you know, at, at the start of his career because I you know I, I look that he you probably can't go wrong either way with him, but you know I wouldn't be shocked to see him stick on defense. Uh, I think he's a guy that you're going to see get better each and every week. And I, I know that Joe Rudolph has said he's coming back over. I know that Paul Chris has said that, you know, this is a one-year thing. It would not shock me to, to, to see him, you know, stick on the defensive line because, you know, he's a guy that his, his body type seems uh, like it, it fits for defensive line. 
I think he's he's going to obviously start at end, but uh, you know next year he could even bump inside if he needed him to. Um, like I said before, I just think he's a guy that you'll see get better and better each week. And if he's really rolling there, he's a guy that maybe you keep on that defensive line because they are pretty thin there. Yeah, and it might help too, um, just because the the Badgers have a lot of guys that they like um, that are you know, you know maybe not uh, specifically game ready for this year, but there are guys um, you know at the, those interior spots who they also like, and you know could you know with another year of development, you know maybe they could be ready to kind of take over for when um, the guys like Michael Dieter and uh, and Bo Benchwall. Um, you know, move on uh, after their senior years are up this year. The the guy I'm thinking about in uh, particular is uh, Josh uh, Selzner, who is uh, after um, Bo Benchwall has been limited with it with uh, I believe an arm injury for the last couple practices and nothing nothing serious. The Badgers are just, you know trying to uh, play it safe with uh, these uh, these guys that are you know they they have plenty of. Uh, you know, experience in fall camps and in games to where they don't need to be rushed back. But it's been a good chance for somebody like Selzner to, you know, get in and work with the first team. And you know, he was another guy that the Badgers liked and liked, you know, the effort that he put in um, kind of during his his redshirt season. And, you know, to get rewarded with those first team reps when, you know, a, red, you know, a redshirt senior, um, you know, steps out to uh, to rest up for for injury rehab. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that could pay off in the long run too. And so it could – could very well be that you know maybe the Badgers look at the situation on the offensive line next year and say you know we we think we have a couple guys here that we feel comfortable with um, and you know I think I, I don't I don't blame you at all for feeling for um, thinking that Lyles could end up staying on the defensive line I mean it could be a kind of a numbers thing where um, you know they they feel comfortable at offensive line and feel like you know if he had a really good season maybe they just very well could leave him there and not risk. Um, you know, having another transition, uh, you know, two years in a row. Yeah. I, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I know that they feel like he's, he's a guy that can be an all big 10 uh, type offensive lineman, you know, maybe, you know, it'd be a starter next year as, as an offensive lineman with the graduation of, you know, Bo Benchwall uh, and Micah Kapoy there. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. There's a long way to go there. We'll see how he kind of progresses at, at defensive line, but, um, you know, if, if he's really rolling there, I don't see a reason to maybe flip him back over. But uh, still a long way to go there on that front. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how he kind of plays in on Saturdays before we get too far ahead of ourselves there. Yeah. Well, let's do uh, one last little extra point here before we kind of wrap up for, for fall camp. And we, we'll have time to uh, do some some more preview um during the the run up to the first week when we have a depth chart and uh, you know can kind of focus a little bit more on game one, but uh, I guess I'm I'm curious just what's your quick take or if you had to guess on uh, who would be the uh, the punt I I, I want to stay with just punt return for right now just because while the kickoff return job is open with with the changes to the kickoff rules this year I just don't know how impactful you know um, the kickoff return job is going to be this year but punt return I think is still interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, Aaron Crookshank's a guy that I think a lot of people want to see back there. I know he's been taking reps. Uh, but, you know, what about a guy like Kendrick Pryor? Uh, you know, he's, he's got to be one of the fastest guys on, on the team. Uh, so, you know, I know that they've used a lot of different guys back there. But, um, you know, a guy like Pryor wouldn't surprise me. A.J. Taylor could be in that mix. But, um, you know, for that first game, you know, maybe you don't want to put Crookshank out there 
but for that first game, I guess you know I'll, I'll, my best guess will be Kendrick Pryor. Okay, I think if I had to uh, to like lock in a prediction, I would say I think um, either Danny. I would think maybe Danny Davis or Jack Dunn maybe starts the year as the punt returner, but it would really would not surprise me to see um, Aaron Cruikshank move. Uh, and kind of become the team's punt returner as he um, gets a little bit more comfortable playing games. Just because, you know, I think at a certain point when he gets comfortable, he's going to be, he'll, he will have too many athletic tools to not put on the field somewhere. And with, with the depth of wide receiver, I think um, a job on special teams is probably a good way to kind of break him in a little bit there. I would agree. Um, you know, he's, he's sitting in right now, probably that number five wide receiver. And yeah. um, I think you just try to find ways to get him on the field, especially if you're going to play him uh, as a true freshman beyond four games. Uh, you know, uh, you look for ways to get him on the field. I think, you know, punt return makes a lot of sense there. Sure. All right. Well, that'll do it for us for our uh, kind of uh, wrap-up look at uh, Wisconsin's fall camp. Like I said before, we will uh, we'll resume the podcast a little bit more, and we'll go back to every week uh, starting with, uh, with game week uh, in the run-up to uh, Wisconsin's season opening game against Western Kentucky on Friday night, August 31st. Uh, so for uh, John McNamara, uh, this is John Belheis. Thanks again for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.